What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Saturday, July 2nd, 2016, and you guys are listening to episode number 264. Uh, I have to do this one late because I was not feeling well, I was traveling, and I have been doing shows every night nonstop, and uh, my schedule has got me all over the fucking place flying, driving, and uh, it's been absolutely nuts, and then I was not able to do it on uh, Wednesday night or Thursday, so uh, this one is out late, but I will do a quick turnaround Wednesday night, um, Wednesday night or early on Thursday, so it will be a quick turnaround and you will get your TVE uh, doses, so uh, I have a great show for you guys today, a ton of stuff to talk about, obviously, uh, my trip in Ottawa at Absolute Comedy, which was amazing, uh, the NBA draft, all these free agency moves to talk about, um, shit that happened at Home Depot, uh, obviously, uh, my unacceptable, your guys' unacceptables, a ton of stuff to talk about, so sit back, relax on this, uh, July 4th weekend, And uh, it's a good one because you don't have to go to work on Monday, which makes for a shorter week. So that's always good, too. So um, wherever this podcast finds you, in the car, at work, hopefully not. If you're at work this week and your boss sucks, um, what else? Uh, Where could you be? By a fire pit? By uh, sitting around smoking a stick? Uh, Wherever TVE 264 finds you. I hope you are sitting back relaxed. I have a good one for you uh, today. So before I get started, as always, let's get into the sponsors. Uh, the Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today, of tomorrow, up-and-comers, Uh, guys that are already established. Uh, If you're a comedy nerd and you want to hear more about your favorite comedians, go to gonzofame.com. They have amazing, uh, amazing comedian comedian interviews on there and uh, many, many recognizable names. Dave Gavry out there in Chicago, funny comedian himself, does a great job. So please check out gonzofame.com. Also, go to citylivingdog.com and Coach Mike. I actually got to uh, a chance to run into uh, Mike on, um, what was it, Thursday night at the uh, Kowloon benefit, the fight benefit for, uh, you know, fighting against opiates and drugs and uh, addiction for people to get into, um, you know, creating creating movies and films and all that stuff. And it was amazing. And uh, being that it's in the New England area, Coach Mike from City Living Dog came out and was telling me that TVE people are reaching out to him. And uh People are actually blown away by what this guy does, what he can do in five minutes with a dog. It's it's actually, not only is it an amazing service, it's borderline hilarious. He's got this video of this like chow chow or whatever, just going nuts and like a fucking wild beast ripping beef, like just going nuts, shaking its head, shaking toys, like freaking out, split Coach Mike's lip, like his lip was like, it was so bad and cut up. And then like 10 minutes later, the dog was sitting there calm. Like it looked as if fucking somebody gave the dog a tranquilizer. That's how good this guy is. And the dog was just sitting there. So if you have any kind of issues with your dog, you got to check out uh, cityliving.com. Check out City Living Services, Coach Mike. You could see his YouTube page. You could check out his Instagram, Facebook, all of his social media stuff. But this guy is absolutely no joke, and I'm so glad you guys are reaching out. So when you hit up, when you hit him up, uh, if you have a dog in that area or you see his clips or you want to talk to him, just make sure that uh, you say you heard about him on um, the TVE podcast. But the guy is a uh, seriously like a miracle worker with dogs. It's hilarious how good he is. Um, and he's actually going to be coming over next week to work on uh, our guy's uh, problem. He's just jumping around, going nuts. But it's good dog. Everything's okay. Just you know, sometimes you got to get the trainer in the in in the house to take care of some uh, <laughs> take care of things with the dog. And also, very happy about the uh, one of the newest sponsors that we have is um, uh, Drink More Good. Uh, I want to talk about this product. It's an amazing product that's going to be taken over as far as uh, healthy drinks go. Um, 
Drink More Good is basically it is um, they produce handcrafted syrups and mixers from you know from all real like organic ingredients hand crushed herbs and spices fresh organic ginger fresh organic citrus um, you mix with seltzer water. Uh, which may, reminds me about that. When I was in Canada, I kept saying, can I get a seltzer and cranberry? And they looked at me like, what's seltzer? Because they call it soda or like pop or whatever. And I was like, it's, it's fucking seltzer, but whatever. But anyway, with uh, Drink More Good, you put it in seltzer and, um, you know, it's just such a healthier version than a soda. And you can dictate how, how you want it, if you want it sweeter or less. Um, you know, so if you don't drink soda, that's why they package it as a syrup. So you go as you want, full control over the amount of sugar in your drink, no preservatives, no high fusion corn syrup, nothing artificial, okay, uh, it's shelf life in the fridge at least 8 months, um, and it's uh, 12 to 24 servings out of each 12 ounce bottle, okay, uh, 2 to 4 servings out of each 2 ounce bottle, cocktail recipes on the side of the bottle, so you can mix it with cocktails and all that stuff, um, you could even cook with them using it like syrup, uh, syrups and marinades and glazes and baking and uh it's just awesome there are retail stores located at 383 main street in beacon new york um you know and it's just awesome it's awesome they have a spice station loose leaf uh tea um cocktail bitters um bar stools teaware spiceware all that stuff okay um so please check out drinkmoregood.com and um, you can also, also with drinkmoregood.com, you can uh, put in the code, um, you can put in the discount code uh, GOODMAKER for 20% off. And again, these guys are awesome, man. They also uh, partner with generosity.org and have funded five water wells through Uganda, Uganda, and Haiti. So it's an amazing product. Drinkmoregood.com. You can see what they do. Uh, I love ginger ale and stuff like that. They offer all that stuff. And uh, go to the website and see. Try out the drink. Get 20% off with the code. And you'll thank me later if you like to drink good shit like I do. And uh, have it taste good but also be healthy and natural. Check it out. So drink more good. And of course, allthingscomedy.com for the best podcast. All Things Record for the comedy albums. You could follow them at allthingscomedy on Twitter. And uh, go to allthingscomedy.com. That, of course, is where the Verzi Effect podcast resides. So check all that stuff out. Now, let's get into the show, everybody. I'm excited about this week's show because this week's show is going to talk about an amazing, I guess, week now, week in two days. So I got more to talk about because it is late. But um, what happened in Canada was amazing. Now, I was told before I went out to Absolute Comedy, I was told uh, how great of a room and comedy club it was, and people were saying, oh, it's one of the best in North America, and all that. And you hear all that stuff stuff sometimes, and people are just like, eh, you know, you hear that, you're like, okay, whatever, we'll see. We'll see if, you know, it's the best. And I gotta tell you, man, I went out there, first of all, I wanna thank everybody who, I mean, the club is so amazing and does so well on its own. So then to have people and fans come out there, podcast listeners, but I want to thank everybody that came up to me, said they listened to the show religiously. They're big time TVE podcast uh, listeners. Uh, thank you all so much for coming out. Uh, I actually sold out of my CDs that I brought to Canada there. People were buying them like crazy. And it was an amazing, amazing week. Uh, I want to thank uh, Josh Williams. Oh, I want to thank. Um, you know, J- uh, Jason Lawrence for, for having me there. It was just, it really is an amazing club. The dynamics and uh, I should say the dimensions of the room are everything a comedy club should be. Low ceilings, wide, um, you know, not deep, but wide, which just makes the laughs just go nowhere, but just in your face and uh, just pack crowds ready to go. Smart town, political town, uh, into the jokes and... Uh, I, I'll tell anybody, man, if you want a good show and you're in that area, go to Absolute Comedy. Wow, just wow, man. I just had such a good time. I did show from Monday to Sunday. I was there all fucking week, and I just had a blast working on the new hour and uh, met some great people, some um, great comics. Uh, Rick Curry was the host. He's a writer out there for basically Canada's Daily Show. What a great guy, funny guy, family guy. We just, he... he 
He hosted the shows and they were amazing. Just, I, I can't even say enough great things. Also, if that's not enough, what am I? I'm a cigar guy. So we went out to the casino and they have the, a Hilton hotel and casino there. And in the Hilton is a beautiful built-in cigar lounge with a great humidor. Of course, all of the cigars are Cubans. So we did that, which was amazing. And um, yeah, so I, I have nothing but amazing things to say about it. I, I can't even say enough. Um, I fucking lost in the casino at the, the last night I was there, probably like 100 bucks or something, which pissed me off. But what are you going to do? You know, you got to let it roll. You got to roll the wheel, roll the dice. What could you do? But actually, I didn't play dice. I went up to a table, wasn't feeling it, and I left. I also had poutine. I also had shawarma, which blew my mind because I love shawarma, and every fucking two blocks, they have shawarma there. Went to an amazing restaurant, Giovanni's, for an Italian meal at the end of the night. Unbelievable. Ottawa is underrated, people. The big three, Vancouver, Toronto, and Montreal, I get it. Go to Ottawa. The foods there, there is great. Played golf there. Just an amazing time. So I want to thank everybody. Uh, now I have to bust the staff's balls. What the fuck is wrong with you alcoholics? I swear to God, I've never seen a nicer, friendly... They were so friendly and nice, but like they just... They, the drinking is hilarious. Like Canadians drink so much and it doesn't affect them. I've never seen anything like it. It's like, is this all you guys do? How are you not fucking throwing up right now or sucking your thumb in a fetal position because you're spinning and you just can't wait for that you know, feeling to go away? How are you doing that? I, I honestly, I really don't understand. Like, hey man, you want a shot? You want a drink? It's like, no, I did that five minutes ago and I'm hammered. I don't fucking want to do it. Like, how are you guys functioning? And they just show up to work the next day and they're fucking fine. They run a tight ship. They're great at what they... I never seen anything like it. One guy out there, this dude, Al, hilarious bartender, like got hammered on the golf course and shot a 79. It's like, what, how do you people do that? I drink two Coronas. I'm in the fucking woods dropping balls every two holes. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was just a great time. Uh, kind of glad to be back to stop with the cigars and drinking for a little bit. Uh, still ate as healthy as I could. The poutine is just one of the greatest things. I don't even know how to describe how great it is, but, um, so absolute comedy and the crowds were sick. So thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Canada. Oh, Canada, you people drink like animals. How come you don't black out? All right. Now, guys, let's go to what I did on Thursday. Because I got back on Monday, had off on Tuesday. No, is that right? Yeah, I got back on Monday, had off on Monday. Then I worked Tuesday, Wednesday. Then Thursday, I went out to the Kowloon. Kowloon Restaurant and Comedy Club. It's one of like the biggest Chinese food restaurants on like... It's like one of the top 10 Chinese food restaurants as far as like how big it is, but the food was really good. Like in the world, it's insane. It was just like you could fit 500 people in this place. There's different rooms. There's a Thai room. There's a Chinese, Japanese room. There's a fuck. It's just all kinds of different Asian cuisines. And I was there for the fight benefit, uh, which Johnny Hickey, filmmaker Johnny Hickey put out. Johnny made the movie Oxymorons, as you guys know, and uh, he was a guest on the show. Um, and anyway, it was just anti-opiates and drugs and for ex-addicts who are now going into the arts and making film. And of course, I would definitely be a part of that. Um, you know, I lost my brother-in-law to, uh, to drugs um, a couple of years ago at the very young age of 30, which was a huge tragedy for our family. And uh, so to be there and to do this was an absolute no-brainer. Um, really, really nice, warm crowd on a Thursday night. So it's upstairs. It's actually a comedy club that's been there for like 30 years or something, which I didn't know. But I just had such an, a great time, an amazing time in this room. Uh, I headlined the room and I had a great time. My, my older brother Christian was out there with his uh, buddy from college, Alfred, who was out there with him. And uh, Coach Mike from City Living Dog came out there. And it was just amazing. I had a good time. I worked a new hour and um, it was really, really nice to to be a part of that. Um just awesome. And again, thank you guys for coming out. There were people coming up to me saying they listen to the podcast every week and they were happy that I came out there. They saw me at the Wilbur Theater and now they're coming out to see that. So thank you for all the support and people who bought the, the album again. The album is still doing great, knock on wood. And um, I, I can't even thank everybody enough. 
Um, and then last night, I perform on the midnight show at the stand, and I want to shout out Eric, Eric from D.C., because uh, I go on stage, and after I get off stage, some guy in the crowd comes up to me and says he's from D.C., he's a huge fan, listens to the podcast, and uh, it was just great, man. So people are coming out, the podcast fans you know are my favorite, So and you guys are listening, because you're coming up to me at the shows going, hey, dude, I love your podcast. Um... And I got another announcement that I think you guys are going to really like because everywhere I go, people are like, hey, I heard you on this podcast. I heard you on Burr's podcast. I heard you on Bobby Kelly's podcast. I heard you on Legion of Skanks podcast with Louis J. Gomez and Dave Smith and Big J. Okerson. So what we're going to do, because a lot of the fans that listen to me listen to Legion of Skanks, and people are like, I want you back on Legion of Skanks. So we're going to do something where I am going to have... Two out of the three skanks. I'm going to have, um, I don't know if Jay's going to be around when I do it, but I'm going to have Louis J. Gomez and Dave Smith on the Verzi Effect coming up in the next couple of episodes. And it's not going to be an extra one to pay for. It's going to be just a regular free Verzi Effect. So it's going to be kind of a TVE skanks invasion uh, coming up soon. We already talked about it. I'm friends with those guys, and uh, we're going to do that. So all the people, a lot of people are like, oh, I heard you on Legion of Skanks and everything. So the people... Um, that are asking, it is going to be a combined Legion of Skanks uh, TVE podcast coming up very soon, and that's going to be really entertaining. Uh, we figure we both have fans, we're all friends, let's combine forces, okay? It's going to be like the Avengers of podcasts, so we're slowly going to put a team together and get this shit going. So I uh, hope you guys are excited about that, it should be really fun. Uh, now, let's get to the unacceptable. You guys have a bunch of unacceptables that I have to read. A lot of things going on. Guys, I have been to fucking Home Depot about eight or nine times. I'm not even joking. Eight, I think about eight times in the last maybe four or five days. Okay, uh, we're building stuff at the house. I had to get a power washer. By the way, can we talk about power washers for a second? How underrated is a power washer? You ever fucking just have like shit that needs to be clean? Like, you know, and and it's just amazing that you hold this fucking basically like water gun on steroids. And when I say steroids, meaning the shit can like take paint off of wood. And I'm just power washing my house. I'm giving my house a fucking shower with this thing. And this thing is getting, like my house looked brand new. And the house already is pretty much redone a couple of years ago. So it's, but one side where like, I guess the wind and all that stuff, it can kind of get, you know, just, uh, you know, dirty from the wind and, and all that stuff. And like a couple of years of that, it gets stained. So I got this fucking power washer and I thought this thing was going to blow my house down. It was uh, the power I felt just with water and soap was, I'm telling you, man, you want to blow your kid's mind? Fuck a super soaker. Okay. Fuck a super soaker. Get a power washer. Just buy them. It's basically like a water gun that'll cost you a couple of hundreds of dollars. But you just have the kid hold it and the look on their face. My son was holding this thing and he just couldn't fucking believe. So I was like, all right, spray the garage. I figured have fun and clean the house at the same time. And he's spraying the garage. Power washers are the shit. It makes whatever it sprays look brand new, no matter how old or dirty. Brand new, okay? And it is just a feeling of power. I swear to God, fuck gun control, you know, or, or if you want to do gun control, just fuck it. Everybody. It's like, if you want to fuck somebody up, it's just going to be an ultimate water gun, just an ultimate power wash and just fucking taking people's hair off their skin. Just give everybody how fucking hilarious would that be? If there was like a drive by with a water gun, like, Hey, he went to home Depot. He picked up the 2,700. The 2.3 GPA. I'll tell you something, man. He drove by. <laughs> he drove by and fucked this dude up. Blew his hat backwards. Scraped his head with the force of the fucking water. These things are epic, people. Epic. A power washer. What? My wife did the stairs. We had like, we had some like, you know, some dirt on the stairs of our deck. So we only had one side of the house and our deck stairs needed to really be clean. So we basically got a power washer for those two reasons. Holy shit. Just like, oh my God. Like you're looking at yourself like I have power like this. I felt like a fucking fire trooper from Star Wars. It's unbelievable. Uh, so we went to Home Depot to get that. Went, We got some rocks. We did a bunch of stuff, okay? And building stuff in the backyard. And here is my unacceptable. First of all, these people that 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 don't address 
a question properly. You know, like, hey, man, you guys got to get the pallet on the top because the bottom one is empty. And, then, and and somebody helped me and said, yeah, I told the register, but they're really busy, so we'll see what happens. Like, what? Yeah, they're coming, so I just wait. In 15 minutes, nothing. Then finally, I went to somebody. I go, dude, I've been here 20 minutes. I just need to get 10 bags of rocks, and I need to get out of here. You know, I got to go. And finally, that guy knew my urgency and went to get somebody. But here's my unacceptable. I had a pallet. Okay, with wheels, One, you know, just a big fucking thing. You just lay a bunch of heavy shit on you, push it to your car in the parking lot, all right? And I'm in the gardening section. And if you go to Home Depot, you know the gardening section's a fucking nightmare because you got all these people. You got the women looking at the plants and flowers. You got dudes buying fucking 19 bags of mulch. You got all kinds of shit going on, right? I go in the back where the stones and rocks are, and I just pack this pallet. And I got my kids with me, and they're running around, and I don't want to bang into them or hurt them. And you try to go down an aisle, and there's just pallets of shit not put away blocking the fucking aisle. And I'm pushing this heavy shit like, where do you want me to go? Now I gotta back up because the lanes aren't moved? It's like, get your shit together, dude. There's people walking around here with really heavy shit, okay? Kids are sometimes there with you. But fine, I'll even take the kids aside and say, listen, that's that's my bad. I brought my kids when I had to do some really heavy lifting and doing shit like that and moving pallets. So I'll put that on me. But for a second, can we just talk about that lanes are blocked? Where do you want me to go? And then people just walk away from shit. You got nowhere to go. And now I'm pushing hundreds of pounds, fucking thousand pounds of rocks or whatever it is. And, and I got to back up, find another lane. It's like, clean it up, dude. It's unacceptable. Clean the shit up. Then the unacceptable goes even further. I get to the thing and the guy's like, yeah, back it up. Can you back up? Like the guy was cold. It's like, dude, I'm spending money on fucking rocks. Okay. I got to my kids go in the backyard and start digging up rocks and shit. But no, I drive here to buy bags of rocks. I drive far to get bags of rocks from this fucking place. Spending $50 on rocks every two trips. Do the math. Fucking spending hundreds of dollars on, on fucking rocks here. All right. That you criminals are taking from me. Fine. I get it. You guys supply it. I need it. I get it. Fuck the money. Let's just say, you know, I'm going out of my way to come to your place and, and I got some guy like, ring. it's like, dude, you don't like your job. Fine. And it's so easy because he doesn't have to ring up everyone. And give, I could be like, yeah, 10. And then he counts them. He just fucking clicks the gun and he clicks it 10 times and it's done. You know, it's weird. It's like Home Depot is weird. Then you get a couple of sweethearts and then everybody else is just walking around. And here's the thing. It's so big and you see everybody in the orange aprons. And then when you need somebody, you got to fucking run from paint all the way to lumber across the store to get somebody only for them to say, oh, I'll call somebody. Everyone needs to call somebody. How about this? The store is so fucking big. Okay. It's a gigantic warehouse. How about there's somebody in orange in every lane waiting? How about that? Can you pay five more people, 10 more people, Home Depot? Can you do that? And maybe those five or 10 people can clear the path of a lane so people with heavy shit could move it. It's unacceptable. It's a, it's a clusterfuck shit show. But people need wood. People need rocks. People need cement. People need paint. So it's just a fuck up. That's what it is. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. The Home Depot trips that I've been taking and how it's just been waiting, waiting, waiting. All right, I got that off my chest. That's my unacceptable for the week pushing thousand pound rocks and having an obstacle course in front of me when I'm trying to get paid. Oh, all right. Let's go. Fourth of July, baby. It's going to be fireworks. All right. Let's see here. Let's get to your guys' unacceptables. Try to get through these here. We're going to talk about some stuff with sports. Just want to see where we are time-wise. My guess would be 20-something. Beautiful. 23 minutes. It's perfect. It's perfect, everybody. Here we go. Unacceptables. This is from Dave Allette. Hey, Paul. I hope I got that right, Dave. Hey, Paul. My unacceptable for this for this, uh, for this week is basically everything that happens over the PA system on airplanes. If it's six, if it's a six a.m. flight, they should probably just realize that everybody wants to sleep more than they want to be yapped at about seatbelts and oxygen masks. If the plane crashes, I'm still asleep. I still don't want to be woken up. You know what? Good point. And when you fly on Canadian stuff, they don't even let you have your headphones on until you take off in the air, which I think is bullshit. Every time, halfway through the flight, they uh, hit you with a live commercial from their airline credit card. Hey, man. uh, uh, Hey, man. By the passed out uh, body language of the drool running down your face, I tell you... 
uh, I can't tell if you want to be left alone or to take on some more credit card debt. And seriously, is having to think for five minutes about everything you say a side effect of those G-Force training machines? Because every single pilot working today has the charisma uh, of a rhinoceros turd on the mic. Uh, uh, hello, passengers. Uh, <laughs> I didn't really want to tell you anything. Uh, just wanted to piss off the guy in 11F who has been trying to, uh, sleep because he left his house at 4 a.m. to be here for this flight. Not that we can't possibly do anything useful with anything he tells us because we aren't the one flying the plane. Completely unacceptable. Strap them to, uh, strap them in a too small airline seat, toss them in a cage, and blare pointless announcements at them. Sorry for the length. I got a bit carried away. Keep up the good work. Dave Allette, Chicago, Illinois. Well, thank you, uh, Dave. Yeah, I know. It's just part of the flying thing. I guess they just have to do it. What are you going to do? They have to do it because it's part of their stuff. But I know when you want to sleep and it's 4 o'clock in the morning. You know what? I think every flight before 8 a.m. they should whisper it. Hey, guys, how you doing? Listen, we know... uh we know it's really fucking early. Okay, to be honest with you, we don't even want to do this thing. But, you know, it's our job. We did get some rest, the required rest. Uh, probably could have not gone to the bar last night. What are you going to do? But anyways, um, listen, we're going to turn the cabin lights off, all right? You're going to have some fucking overzealous chick coming up and down with peanuts and shit. Just fucking, you know, either keep your eyes closed. But, um, yeah, I know this is fucking ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, I'll get us up safely, all right? You might get the shit scared out of you because of turbulence, because of the weather, but, you know, these things can get through that. So, um, anyways, get, get some rest. I would fucking fly that airline every day. Uh, here we go. This one, unacceptable, from Robert Thompson. Hey, Paul, hope all's well with you and your beautiful family. Well, thank you very much, Robert. So I'm sitting next to a guy right now at a pizza bar, and this guy is one of those guys who can't pronounce his R's. Um, to make matters worse, he told me he has been drinking there for eight hours. It's hard enough to understand a guy who sounds like a five-year-old, but even harder when they are drunk. Uh, anyhow, we were talking about a TV show that we both like when he decided to start yelling at me and screaming that he is the biggest fan, uh, he's the biggest fan there and is giving... Uh, me the scientific breakdown of why he is right. First off, Paul, why can't we both just agree we like the show and leave it at that? And second off, uh, how in the fuck <laughs> does he know my mind? Uh, it really wouldn't have been that big of a deal, but he started screaming and spitting in my face. I understand he was drunk, so I left it alone. But Jesus Christ, Paul, this is something I definitely did not need to start uh, need to start my night. Uh, I'm now sitting here laughing at this fool while I write this up, almost in tears the more I think about it. Lock this fool up in a cage with an endless subscription to Netflix so he can pat himself on the back for the rest of his life for being the biggest fan of whatever he watches. Much love, Bobby T. He did the right thing, you know, because if you start busting his chops about it, you know, like, you know, breaking his balls about how you think you might be, and then all of a sudden the guy's drunk and he freaks out. It seems like that show might be all he's got, so what can you do? Uh, here we go. Uh, Ian Gallagher, unacceptable cinema pussy, in parentheses, not the good kind. Oh, boy. Hi, Paul. Me and my girlfriend went to go see The Conjuring 2 recently. Uh, we were sat next to another couple. I was sitting next to the guy... I was sitting next to the guy. Okay. He was kind of a skinny, uh, effeminate-looking guy and was uh, fidgety before the movie started. So the movie starts in every scary moment. He was jumping and screeching like a bitch. I understand jumping at scary parts of the movie, but this was unreal. Really high-pitched screeches. <laughs> uh, screeches. Uh, yeah. To make it worse... At the suspenseful parts before the scare, he was making a constant increasing moan of anticipation and shaking his leg, which was shaking my chair. I'm now starting to get really annoyed. Then the next scary part comes up and he jumps again and I can't... Oh, and I just snap. Jesus fucking Christ, mate. Oh boy. Uh, will you get a grip? So instead of him saying anything, he just looked kind of sheepish 
and his girlfriend, I assume, says, there's no need at all for that. I just laughed because in hindsight, there really wasn't. I felt guilty for the rest of the movie as I made it super awkward and you could see him trying <laughs> harder to contain himself at scary parts. I take this split unacceptable 70-30 for me. Um, Yeah, and I think it sounds to me that the guy is so into horror movies that it's almost like, it sounds like a guy that's so into horror movies, it's like somebody going on a roller coaster. He just waits for it, and he's ready for it, and he's into it. So um, I would say 60-40 you. You know, 60-40 you. I I wouldn't say 70 because you did go a little hard, but I get it, and you did pay, and you're watching a movie with your girl. So, um, but yeah, it sounds, or the guy has a disorder. The guy might just be like, have like some sort of crazy disorder where he can't control it or whatever. Who knows? Uh, Thank you for the submission. Uh, Here we go. This one is from Ryan Gennaro. Oh, wait, did I get this? Hold on, hold on. I might have missed one. I think I might have missed one. Yes, I did miss one. Okay. Uh, This one is from Adam Bray. I'll get to Ryan's in a second. Uh, Let's see here. Let's see here. I will... When was this? So two days and one day. All right, here we go. This one is from Adam Bray. Different opinions. Hey, Paul, I've been a listener since the episode after the bottle-throwing incident in Indianapolis. Congrats on the album doing so well. I thought it was hilarious. Well, thank you very much. I saw you in Philly back in November and again just recently in Baltimore. Great shows. The reason I say all this is because I am a fan. Well, that's awesome. Um, Just like the rest of your listeners. To have that guy submit an unacceptable last week about how you didn't agree or how he didn't agree with your stance on alligators and then also on guns was ridiculous and childish. We, the fans, like hearing funny unacceptables people witness during their everyday lives. What we don't need to hear is how some fan happened to disagree with some of your opinions and then decided to let you know about it in an email. Unacceptable. You handled it like an absolute gentleman. Uh, You didn't even give him the satisfaction of caring. Keep up the good work and come down to D.C., Best regards, Adam. P.S. Your bit Stanley and, <laughs> about Stanley and Thomas having a godfather I sit down about Lloyd is fucking hysterical. Have me in tears. Well, thank you so much, Adam, for everything. For coming to the shows that you see me at, for liking the shows, the album. I really appreciate it. I'm glad you like that new bit. That's what I'm. That's a new bit I'm working on, and I'm glad you um, you really like it. As far as fans writing me stuff, you know, um, look, I'll read it. Uh, I don't. You know, if you like me or don't like me, I don't care. You know, I'm not losing sleep. If somebody doesn't like my opinions, they're not going to listen anymore. You know, then that means, like I've always said, that means that I would say something on stage in the future that they wouldn't like and they were never going to be there anyway. They'd leave soon, too. You know, when you have strong opinions about something, even when you're joking, people just get upset. You know, like I'm doing an immigration joke right now. And you could take it as a joke or you could take it seriously. And if you're going to get weird about it, you know, you have to understand that I am a comedian. I tell jokes. I love to, you know, put a different spin on things. That's what I do. Uh, My mind obviously works a certain way, and I'm going to say things. And look, if people don't like it, they don't like it. But no, I mean, I'm not going to, and I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not trying to be tough, but I'm never going to fucking lose sleep. To be honest, I get almost a peace when you don't want to, like, when you don't, Look, I'd rather you say, fuck you, I don't want to listen to you anymore than like constantly bug me or constantly write in because then I ignore you and I just don't want to deal with you. But if you say, hey, man, I didn't like what you did, I'm done. All right, good, good. But uh, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the real fans. I appreciate the fans that understand what I do. You know, a real fan of mine or comedy in general, a real comedy fan of whichever comedian, whomever you may love, forget me, put me aside for a second, but let's say somebody else. Somebody else, let's, let's, if you're a fan of Joe Rogan or Bill Burr or Louis C.K. Or, or anybody, right? Anybody that you're a fan of, you may love them and then one day listen to their podcast or you may listen to their set, go to a show, and they may say something you truly don't like or agree with. But a real fan is going, okay, that's their take on it. But you're still going to just go, I love the guy, I love, or that's what smart people do. Okay, ignorant people, well, that's not my view. That's not my opinion, so fuck this. You know, it's 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 ridiculous. So 
Um, I appreciate that, Adam, and I appreciate having you as a, uh, having you as a fan. And people are asking me about DC, so I should be in DC soon, hopefully. I'm trying to work on something there when it works out right. Okay, Ryan Gennaro email, unacceptable dirtbag mother. Here we go. I've seen a lot of shittiness in the past three weeks since starting as a pizza delivery driver. But what I just witnessed may very well have taken the cake. In my opinion, it's up there with the with that fat top hatted Willy Wonka dude <laughs> that you encountered. All right. Uh, the delivery slip said, uh, call when you arrive. So when I pulled up, I called the customer and let them know I was outside with their food. A woman speaking broken English answered the phone and said something like, I'll be right out. A minute later, the door opens and out comes three little girls between the ages of two and three with their mother nowhere to be found. They were asking me questions about the pizza and about my car and seemed like normal, enthusiastic kids. Here's where the unacceptable comes in. Three minutes passed uh, and there's still no sign of their mother. I asked them where she was and they pointed inside. These kids were literally trying to run out into the middle of the street and I had to stop them because their dope of a mother was doing who the fuck knows what. I also heard a man's voice in the house so their father or whoever their mother is fucking is also a fucking... <laughs> is also a fucking half a momo. Okay. Uh, how do you leave your kids unsupervised for almost five minutes with a complete stranger like that and not even know your own... Uh, kids well enough to know that they may run into the road like that aside from her being a disgrace as a mother she also took over five minutes to pay for the pizza some people really just don't get it lock her in solitary and feed her mushrooms and acid until she could appreciate her own life enough to care about her kids i would never in a million years i don't even like my kids like talking to the pizza person when i'm at the door let alone run out. Like, I would never in a million years just have my kids run out of the street. But you're right. Some people just don't get it, don't care. A lot of shitty parents out there. A lot of people should not have children. All right, thank you for the submission. Here we go. Uh, shut down an internet troll. Let's see here. Oh, boy. There's. there's all right, let's read this. Uh, this is from James Russo. Hey, Paul, I don't have an unacceptable, but dude, I got to share this with you in TVE Nation. I attached the picture of this joke I made on a friend's post about Britain voting to leave the European Union. My original comment was, dumbest self-inflicted wounds since the Bush administration. Not my best joke, but hey, it's the internet and free of standards. Okay. So around 11 p.m., this complete stranger, Daniel, don't, uh, don't say last name. Okay because honestly, who cares, makes some dumb comment back to me. Instead of picking a fight, I wrote a few funny comebacks before diffusing it with the guy and avoiding a moronic political internet fight with a complete stranger. Read the comment string. It's pretty hilarious. Also, I'm a Sicilian like you are and recently took up the art of homemade pizza. I uh, included a picture of a pie I made with the help of my dad's uh, of my dad's dough made from scratch. Thanks for the comedy, and don't let the trolls uh, get you, brother. Well, I definitely won't, and thank you. The pizza does look insane. Like, that looks like I would, that really does look good. I actually, when I first opened this, I thought part of the joke or part of your fight with somebody was about the pizza. But let's read this here. Uh, all right, so you write, Dumbest self-inflicted wound since the Bush presidency. Okay, then this guy, Daniel, writes, sucks when you're wrong. Uh, UK shares a... Okay, so he just goes at you, and then you say, wow, sick Facebook burn, bro. Guess I have uh, to retract my C joke. And he writes, when you can't argue facts, stick to making fun of the other party. And you write, don't know what other party you're talking about, but making dumb jokes that people on Facebook take too seriously is one of my favorite kinds of parties. Uh, I like that. Uh, well, I guess I don't know you well enough to get your jokes and sarcasm. Uh, took what you said as literal. Well, it's a joke, all right? Uh, I'm not a serious person in general, so I can uh, side with you. I think political humor is the best kind of humor. Uh I like those parties too, sir. 
people up and read uh, people up and read comments when they get upset. LOL. As I said, just don't really know you to understand that's what your comment was about. Uh, yeah, dude, I follow all the pr uh, I follow all this pretty closely too, but I really don't take the internet seriously. Uh, Jake knows I like I like to mess around, and then he said, "Same here." I just misinterpreted your comment. It's like, oh, so you spun it around on him. He came back because of the way you went back to him. Because then he said, uh, same here. I just misinterpreted your comment. It's all good, man. See, what just happened there was rare. Because you said something and then he got upset and then you were just like, dude, I'm not, I, I don't really take this stuff too seriously. Like, I know what's going on, but I'm fucking around. And, be, and then he was just like, okay. See, he's not a dick, though. See, because what happens, and thank you for sharing that, because that's actually a good example of, like, what needs to kind of happen, you know, um, your joke, see, and I think that that's the problem with texting and emails that come across bad, because it is how the individual interprets it, right, so you could say something, like, even if I said something to my manager or my agent, like, hey, I really don't like how this is working out, man, we got to figure something out, that could be my frustration with what's going on. And they could take it as my frustration with them. And sometimes somebody just goes, oh, this happened. Let me just say a joke. And then somebody's like, really ignorant, bro. Can't believe. Well, I guess that's just the dumb masses. And you're like, no, dude, I could care less. I'm just joking. And that guy actually was like, okay. So that, that's actually good. Thank you for the submission. Uh, here we go. This is from Justin Rodman. Paul, I found myself at times wondering if I've stepped into a parallel universe. And this is the most... Um, Definitely, uh, and this is, I'm sorry. I found myself at times wondering if I stepped into a parallel universe, a parallel universe, and this is most definitely one of those circumstances. I should probably uh, preface the, uh, preface with the fact that I had just got a new haircut from my prior um, mop. Haircut from my prior mop. Mop. Uh, all right, I'm gonna say that that's a. Misspelled uh, to one of those popular. Um, oh, okay. You got a haircut to your prior mop, which means you had a lot of. I was just saying, like, is that a prior mop? Okay. Um, to one of those popular undercuts or Hitler, <laughs> Hitler youth haircuts, as they were formerly called in the forties. Uh, fast forward to today, I was at some uh, China uh, China wholesale store almost like an indoor flea market if you catch my drift. Anyway, I was looking for a new knife since my last one broke and I was eyeing down some switchblade in display case that was a tad too expensive for me. So I was trying to talk down the price with the owner when he uh, abruptly cuts me off and says that he has the perfect section for me to look for a knife in my price range. He went to the end of the counter and removes the curtain separate uh separating the store from what i assume to be the back employee area and ask me to follow him uh i've got dick else to lose so i follow him back and directly uh adjacent to the back wall of the store is a room uh that's very dimly lit it took a second for my eyes to adjust, and Paul, I shit you not, this man had an entire room of Nazi and Soviet memorabilia flags, and all he shows me, uh, a case of knives with German slogans, swastikas, wow, plastered all over them, he said, it was more my speed with the haircut, holy shit, put this man in the Fuhrer's bunker and lock the door. Thanks for the laughs and come to Nashville. Wow, dude. Dude, I heard about that shit like in Chinatown too. Like you could be like, yeah, dude, can I get some fireworks or something? And they'll like take you downstairs of a restaurant and there's like fucking Uzis and bazookas and shit. But I love how he just looked at your haircut and was like, all right, this guy's a Nazi and just went back there. It makes you wonder all these other places what they have. That's interesting, though. Thank you for the submission. Uh, here we go. Okay, let's see here. Here we go. This is from Unacceptable Concert Behavior from Spencer McCormick. Uh, hey, Paul. I wonder if this is Spencer in Canada. Let's see. Maybe. Because uh, there's a guy out there that came out to Ottawa. a really cool dude, and he's seen us a couple times. Hey, Paul. I was at a concert recently with my father, aunt, and uncle. We had uh, pretty decent seats to watch the concert, and the main band 
had just come on. Everyone was standing up, clapping, and grooving to the first song. At the beginning of the next song, I get a tug on the back of my shirt. Some jackass two rows back caught my eye and motioned for me to sit down. My whole row was standing up, and the concert had literally just started. So I gave him this look, saying, fuck off, and turned back around. The rest of my row sat down shortly after that, so I would have felt like a douche just standing there alone, so I reluctantly sat down. Flash forward to a few songs later, my father and I decided to stand up and start grooving to the music again. This time, the guy got up and politely asked my father if we could sit down so he could see, and so we did. I was furious. Paul, I wanted to beat this guy's face in. It's a concert, you entitled pussy. If you want to see at a big concert like that where people are likely to stand up then start the fuck up uh, then stand the fuck up or get front row seats you whiny fuck trumpet I agree I was going to confront him after the concert but he left during the encore song what a douchebag sorry for the length but I was too angry to keep this short keep up the great work Paul well thank you Spencer and yeah dude I totally agree with that man it's like it's like, dude, we're at a concert and everybody's up. It's like in baseball. If there's two strikes and everybody stands up for the strikeout, you know, what are you going to do? Sit down because the guy behind you doesn't want it? It's like, it's like, fuck you. Everyone's standing up, dude. I would have just been like, dude, everyone's standing up. Fuck you and just ignored him. That's ridiculous. That just got me enraged. Thank you for the, um, thank you for the, um, submission. And also thank you for the font. You guys with the bigger font. If you guys notice the reading gets better with the bigger font, because the regular font, especially on this new Mac I got, is crazy on the eyes. Um, but a truly unacceptable, unacceptable Tristan Fasellar. Hope I got that right, uh, Tristan. Uh, hey there, Paul. I love the podcast and wanted to vent about this totally unacceptable situation that I went through a couple of months ago. I think this could be uh, a Hall of Famer. We all see unacceptable shit happen a lot, usually from either selfish or just stupid people. That is where this story is different. The person I am calling out is my doctor. Yep, my fucking doctor. It was Friday night, and I was halfway through having sex with my girlfriend when I started to feel a burning sensation. It was what I assume carpet burn on your dick would feel like. (laughs) All right. I'm into this one already. Uh, doctor and, and having sex with all the... And, and, and feeling... Uh, I'm a hypochondriac, so I got to read this. Um, it was that bad, I couldn't even tough it out and finish like a gentleman. Over the whole weekend, we are both freaking out, but me especially, as I've never um, even heard this happening, I'm only 20 years old. Monday morning, I go see. Uh, I go to see my doctor. I'm there before the door is even fucking open. I nearly camped outside, like those crazy Harry Potter fans. I explain what happened and had to show her my dick, so, <laughs> so she, uh, so she. That's right, she. So she could survey the damage. This is where it gets absolutely fucking unacceptable. After her assessment, she looks. Uh, at ever so casual, she looks at ever so, I think you were going to say me, but she, you, you just put, she looks at ever so casually and says, uh, yeah, that's herpes. What? Uh, I'll let that sink in. I say, how are you so sure you haven't even tested me? The unacceptable bitch says, oh, we could test if you really want, but I know what it is. Her confidence is, in her initial diagnosis had me convinced, but I still wanted to get the test done. After she swabs me, she says, so would you like to start treatment? She was acting as if this was common and she was almost getting irritated with my questions. She reminded me uh, of like a plumber telling somebody, yeah, it's the washer in your tap that's causing the leak. No big deal. Uh, I know what to do. At this point, I can barely take any of this in as I am trying to put all of the pieces uh, of this shit show together. She starts talking about how herpes isn't that bad and you could manage it. All all this other shit that really wasn't what I wanted to hear at that point. 
Yeah, I agree with you. It's like, what well, fuck that, dude? Let's look. I, first of all, I need to know 100% sure. Uh, I was given a prescription, so some herpy cream, and I was told to start treatment unless I wanted to wait for the results. This bitch leaned in to this one, Paul. She went balls through the wall and all, <laughs> and all with the biggest dude. I called it. That is a big I called it. I wait for nearly two days in between taking shit at work, asking, uh, taking shit at work, asking why I'm so abnormally quiet and taking off to the toilet to check if my dick has fallen off. I am waiting for a call. The lady on the phone, the, uh, the lady on the phone, the receptionist tells me, yeah, everything comes up clear. Then she pauses and says, oh no, sorry, that was meant for somebody else. I have to call you back to make an appointment to see the doctor. My anxiety through the fucking roof. I go back into the doctor and she, uh, and finally she says, it's not herpes, it's a yeast infection. Your partner must have got, oh my God, must have got it from the contraceptive pill. It's a common side effect. Then has the nerve to joke and say, sorry, I must have scared you a little bit. What? That is bad, dude. That is bad. I told her, uh, a little fright? Sure, we can call it that. Just in the future, don't assume the worst and scare a patient like that. It's unacceptable. At that point, my anger towards her was overshadowed by the happiness, yes, that's true, of not having a future of paying hookers <laughs> jerk me off with those gloves they handle uh, uranium with. So I just left with unbelievable relief. Just had, well, that is, uh, this is really un unacceptable though. Uh, just to add to the whole um, occasion, I kept getting a bill for $120 for the visits. Uh, really, you still want $120? How about I misdiagnose you in the most unprofessional way possible and see how frugal you become, you piece of shit. Cage this cunt up with a bleeding AIDS <laughs> patient and after two days tell her it's all a joke. Sorry for the length, but needed that. I cut parts out that made it uh, that made it worse again to keep it down. Um, I love the comedy, mate, and your way of thinking. I hope you, uh, hope to see you in Australia one day. Well, thank you, dude, from for doing this from Australia uh, to help clean up these animals. Take care and keep up the awesome work, dude. You went to a doctor because you got a burning sensation during sex. She told you it was herpes. And then you were going to start treatment and you waited and you were right and she was wrong. That is fucking ridiculous, man. That is, that is ridiculous, dude. Um, here we go. A couple more, a couple more quick ones here. Greg Comporlis, Meadowland Animals. Hey, Paul, I was really looking forward to taking my son to the Meadowlands Fair in Jersey. But last Friday, of course, the animals came out and there was a huge brawl that broke out and there were very little uh, and there was very little security. Not only that, but people were blatantly smoking weed and rolling up blunts out in the open. I'm not against weed at all and partake every now <laughs> every now and then myself, but I'll be damned if my three year old son is gonna be subject to that bullshit. It's unacceptable that these assholes ruin it for everyone, and it's even more unacceptable that the state wants to cut corners and provide insufficient security at an event that attracts the lowliest, uh, lowliest of animal life. Thanks, man. Love the show. Uh, cages up, Animal Planet. Thank you so much, uh, Greg, for the submission, and I agree. I don't mind my children sitting around if people are drinking a beer and being respectful. But once weed and drugs start smelling and stuff, what are you going to start explaining smells of drugs to your children? Absolutely unacceptable. I agree with you 100%. Uh, here we go. Ninth, what does it say? Ninth degree douchebag Snapchatter. Sashin uh, Salabai. First off, Mr. Verzi, I've been listening to TV for about a year now, and unlike most, I've learned of Bill Burr from you. You're the fucking man in Bill Burr's freckled face, and you should come down to San Jose, California for a show, seeing my first comedy show in two weeks, uh, seeing Louis C.K. But I understand if you don't come to 
San Jose because there's nothing to do here. Now to the unacceptable. Well, thank you so much for the support. Uh, last night, my girlfriend and I went to San Francisco to see uh, Birdie in concert at the famous uh, Fillmore Auditorium. We are both huge fans of her uh, and her music, so we got there early and got to the third row in standing room general admission about seven feet from the stage. We are think uh, we are thinking the place uh, we got to stand was going to be great. Nope. After waiting for one and a half hours for Birdie to come out, this girl in the front of us decided to whip out her phone throughout the whole concert and insisted to raise her phone with both hands above her head and post every single second of the concert on her stupid Snapchat account story. Just watch the fucking show. You don't need to record it. Uh, uh, if so, your four fucking friends... Wait, you're, wait, hold on a second. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, so you're... Okay, don't record it. So your four fucking friends who don't even like you can see them. Uh, this wasn't really bothering me at first because I'm about six foot one and her phone wasn't in my line of vision to see the band and Birdie... Uh, but I started to, uh, but it started to bother me once I noticed it was in my line of vision of my girlfriend, in the line of vision of my girlfriend, who was about five foot six, and she was standing closely in front of me, like any couple would stand at a show, and I knew it was bothering her. Uh, fuck, I got heated in my mind, Mr. Verzi, the gentle human my girlfriend is. She didn't say a, a word. And kind of just went through it because I knew she wasn't enjoying it uh, the way she wanted to. Because the fucking Snapchatting hoe stuck a phone right in front uh, where she could see. Right in front of where she could see. This is ridiculous, yeah. Uh, I felt horrible for my girlfriend because there was nothing we could do. Because we couldn't move to another spot due to the show being fully packed and sold out. Plus, I nicely already asked the girl if she could lower her phone, but she acted like I wasn't a human. Dick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. And then I started to feel upset uh, for me. Uh, then I started to feel upset for me because I paid through the fucking roof for these tickets and dropped nearly 200 on tickets for me and her as an 18-year-old going into a uh, college with no with not much money time to work because my uh, studies and second uh, first because of my studies and second trying to learn uh, earn a scholarship for football that fucking sucks so I told the no shame drunk guy behind us to scream put down the phone at the girl while my girlfriend was at the bathroom. It's smart. You put it on another guy. And the hoe herself finally put the phone down after 45 minutes. And my girlfriend and I got to enjoy uh, the angel herself, Birdie, fucking destroy and make us happy. Lock that no good spoiled ass flannel wearing Snapchatting bitch and her stupid phone in an underwater cage full of electric jellyfish and poison eels and then let her try to block my girlfriend's view again. Also, lock the drunk guy who helped me out in a cage for knocking down about 20 shots. Uh, knocking <laughs> outside the show uh, and 20 more inside. Guy breathed like a... <laughs> Hippopotamus. Love you, Verzi. TVE is the shit, and I constantly put on random episodes that I've already listened to to get through my workouts. Oh, yeah. Also, because Burr's podcast is also the shit. Go fuck yourself, Verzi. Thank you so much. Uh, sa, uh, Sahin? Sahin S. I hope I got that right, dude. If I didn't, I'm sorry. Uh, here we go. Real quick one. Thank you for the submission. Uh, Justin Bird, Baltimore. Hey, Verzi. It was very acceptable that I saw my two favorite comedians in Baltimore last Sunday. However, it is very unacceptable that I didn't get to meet them after the show because they wanted to watch Game 7. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Yeah, we watched Game 7 in the green room. It was fucking nuts. All right, just a couple more here, and they're short. Eric O'Neill, unacceptable. Hey, man, ran into an unacceptable this week while getting my car serviced because of the warranty on my new car. I have to get all work done at the dealership. No big deal. They're right around the corner and have a decent reputation. What's unacceptable is that I went in today, Saturday, uh, to get... Um, 
just my oil changed and gave me an estimate of an hour and a half. I could change my own damn oil in a half an hour blindfolded. I, well, that, you're a better man than me because I can't. Even worse, after 90-minute estimate was given, uh, took a total of two hours to get the shit done. I went in from 8 a.m. till 12, so these slack asses uh, could bumble around my car with their greasy thumbs up their asses while I waste my Saturday. Get your shit together and put them in a cage of their days off, on their days off. Uh, thanks for the great uh, podcast episode. Thank you so much, man. Uh, Eric, I appreciate it. Here we go. Um, let's see here. Uh, last one from uh, Cardings from uh, Levi Wetzel. And Levi Wetzel says, Okay, dear Paul, I was listening to Bill's rant about people dinging his Prius back in the day and had to share this with you and him. It seems like if you get a new car, people will go out of their way to ding your shit, even if you park in the back uh, in, in the back of the parking lot. The nicer the car, the more they want to ding your shit, it seems. So I'm going to get some groceries at the Fresh Market, and I park in the very back where there are those parking spaces with the section that have the horizontal lines on one side. So I park a little closer to the horizontal uh, grid section to allow a lot of space between my car and the next parking space line. Okay, when I come out to my car, I see this old stretch hoopty uh, car parked very close to my car. The man and his family look like they are playing Chinese fire drill or something, but they are most likely just shifting all the stuff from their back seat to the trunk area. They are parked so close to my car that I can't even get in the front driver's side without taking care not to hit um, their car with my car door. I say to the man, why the hell do you think I parked this far away, uh, this uh, out, wait, uh, why the hell do you think I parked this far out uh, and this way? If I wanted people to park next to me, sir, and then he just, uh, and then to his, uh, to this he says, what's the big deal? I shook my head and went in my car. I actually had to tell his son, excuse me, so I could get in my car. I was furious and just wanted to get the hell out of there. When I got home, I noticed a small ding by my back quarter panel. I literally shouted at the sky, motherfucker. I, yeah, that's the worst, dude. I had gone a whole year without so much as a ding to my $45,000 2015 Acura. I was pissed and uh, wished death on these people. I know, I sound crazy, but I was mad as hell at the time. Uh, put these clueless degenerates in a cage with spikes on their inner walls so they can't bump into anybody else. Love the podcast. Levi Wetzel. Well, thank you, Levi, so much. Uh, appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, dude, Unless you have your own space and nobody's near you, shit like that is going to happen. I just think it's inevitable, but I understand how it is unacceptable, when, especially when you really try and you got a nice new car. Um, thank you guys for your unacceptables. It was a little longer on this episode only because of the, the length, but don't worry. I'm coming back with a quick turnaround Wednesday or Thursday, and that will be, that'll be uh, less. So, um, But I thought they were great. Uh, and... I don't think that there's any uh, unacceptables, or if there is unacceptables, there's not many here on Twitter. I am just going through it. I do not see any. Um, oh, Kyle Vasgulat, I hope I got that right, at judo underscore chopper, J-U-D-O underscore chopper. People who don't pick up their dog shit, unacceptable animals, lock them up. Yeah, it depends where the dog shits, you know. I try to get the dog in between yards, where I don't have to pick it up, but, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, there's a science to the shit game, as Michael Rappaport said on Burst Podcast. Okay, guys, that is uh, it for the unacceptables. If you want to submit any unacceptables, um, <laughs> thank you, Kevin, who said get Paul Verzi a Netflix special. Uh, we're working on something, but I appreciate that uh, on Twitter. Uh, that was nice of you. Okay. That's it, guys, for the Unacceptables. Submit to Unacceptables for TVE. We got to talk sports and then get out of here. All right? Free agency. The New York Knicks get Derrick Rose, which I agreed with. We got him for nothing. 
Everyone's freaking out. Jose Calderon wasn't doing it. Robin Lopez is replaceable. We got Derrick Rose for nothing. The upside is completely worth the risk. He's 26 years old. Last year, he played 66 games and averaged 16, almost 16.5 points a game. The last two months, he was killing it. I think it's a great pickup, and he's in a contract year. He's going to be motivated. Now, come to find out that fucking, this is nuts, but I come to find out that Noah becomes a Nick. Uh, Joe Kim Noah becomes a Nick, which I like. He's from New York. He always wanted to play for the Knicks. Didn't like the $70 million. I would have given him $15 million less in one less year. So I would have given him three years, $55 million, instead of four years and $70 million. But he's a defensive-minded guy. He's a good big man passer. And he's going to help Przingis. And that's what we need. He's going to help Christoph Przingis. Now, I haven't really remember him being a good passer until people said it, but he is. But I think it's good for Przingis. But here's what we need to talk about. Here's what could happen, which is mind-blowing to me. Dwayne Wade could be a Nick. He's frustrated with the Heat. I don't want to get my hopes up, but they're saying that the Heat wanted to take another pay cut to keep the team together. He's like, fuck that, and he's going to talk to the Bucks or the Knicks. I couldn't imagine him going to the Bucks if it's between the Bucks and the Knicks to play with Melo. But I'll take Derrick Rose, Przingis, Melo. That team is going Wade. That team is going deep in the East playoffs. I mean, who knows if they'll beat the Cavs in the Easter Conference Finals or if they'll get there. But I, that would be fucking, that'll bring the Garden back. And I love the free agency, just seeing what everybody's doing, man. It would be insane. Um, Lakers are spending a lot of money on guys. Kevin Durant is still out there. I'd be amazed if Kevin Durant even took a meeting with the Knicks, let alone go to the Knicks. But I'll take Wade, you know. But I love free agency because the next couple of days are absolutely huge. Um, and that's it. Uh, that's it for sports, you know. Uh, the the Yankees are hovering around 500. I could care less, and I'm want to see who the Knicks get. But the Knicks are going to be even more competitive next year. And I'm hearing about this new receiver, the New York Football Giants, got that they're saying is like better than Odell Beckham. Eli's going to have a field day. He's going to feast next year. So I'm looking forward to that too. Uh, as far as movies, guys, no movies. Did not see any movies yet. Um, because it's just been, I've just been running around flying, you know, fucking not even eating. I'm just, the other day I was like lightheaded on stage. I'm not eating because I'm so fucking busy. You ever just get so busy you forget to eat? Like I've been, it's been nuts. So, uh, no movies to review, but, um, like again, I'm just excited about what's going to happen with, uh, this, uh, Knicks by actually by the podcast on Wednesday or Thursday coming up, I should have, uh, we should have answers, see where everybody lands. So um, that's pretty much it for sports and movies. I did not see anything. Um, again, the Legion of Skanks will be joining TVE in the next one or two podcasts, and I will have a quick turnaround on Wednesday or Thursday. As far as plugs, you can see me um, locally in New York. Also um, have some stuff coming up in September. I'm going to Arizona. I'll be announcing more stuff as it gets closer. For dates, you go to uh, updated dates uh, starting after the weekend. You can go to paulverzi.com, see all updated dates and all that stuff. Okay, so uh, that's it. Check me out on Twitter, at Paul Verzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Until episode 265, I am out of here. Thank you. <laughs>